Hi, Karen Kambule here. Welcome to the Word Anchor Podcast, where we aim to search, find, share, and apply scriptures to life's issues. We will find victory and succeed in life if we are anchored in the Word of God. Please do enjoy this episode. Shalom. Hello there. Thank you for tuning in. Our episode is titled Trust God to Meet Your Needs. We all have needs. We wake up every day to go and work because we have needs. We have to pay school fees. We've got to have a roof over our head. We need to have food to eat. We have to take our children to school. We need transport, a whole lot of things. But we also need money so that we can take the gospel of Christ, the gospel of God to the people of God. We're going to read from the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, very famous scripture when it comes to God meeting our needs. We're saying trust God to meet your needs. It reads as follows, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. This is a verse of scripture written by Paul to the church in Philippi. He was basically saying, I have everything that I need. I am full. He was telling the church that I have received your offering. And now what shall be the response to the things that have been sent to him, Paul? He said, my God shall supply your needs. The church gave him from what they had. And Paul says, God will still give you even more. It wasn't a matter of saying, God must bless me first before I give. But these are a people that gave first. And then Paul says, God will receive, God will release a blessing to give you even more. Paul wrote this book to the church in Philippi whilst he was in Rome. He had served Jesus Christ for around 32 years by that time. That is from his conversion. He traveled to Syria, to Tarsus, to Antioch, to Jerusalem, Cyprus, and other areas, to Lystra, to Derby, to Galatia, Thessalonica, to Athens, Corinth, Philippi, which was his last stop before going to Jerusalem and being arrested and then being taken to Rome. Paul was not a beggar. He was a man that took care of himself. He was a tent maker. He had a business. But obviously, to propel the gospel, he needed more. He needed to spend time in prayer, in the word, ministering to people, so he would not necessarily be able to have 100% of his attention on tent making. Then he was arrested in Jerusalem. He spent about two years in Caesarea and then he appealed to Caesar and then he was sent to Rome. It is said that when he was in Rome, he was renting a place or a dwelling. Uh, he was also bound in chains and also he had a guard. So he was al- allowed to have visitors and to preach to them. And there in jail, well, in a rented place, but still held as a prisoner. He was able to write letters to the church in Ephesus, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon. He was still a prisoner. He still had needs. The fact that you are in need does not mean that you have absolutely nothing. 
because you can still do certain things. Paul was still ministering whilst in prison. The fact that you are in need doesn't mean that you are useless and incapable. We see people that would rather struggle instead of reaching out to ask for help. We see people that are looked down on because of their circumstance. When you fall into financial trouble, people run far away from you. They think that you are too needy, you are trouble. When they look at you, they think there comes someone that will ask for money or for whatever assistance that you're going to be asking people. And this has seen servants of God struggling really to put food on the table of their children. And this has led to the pastor's kids, some of them hating the work of God because of the circumstances in which they were raised, where there was not enough food. Sometimes believers will even be abusive to pastors because a person who does not give may even come to the pastor and want the pastor to give them that little that is given by others. So you'll see pastors sharing, giving away the money that they're supposed to feed their own children with and they give it to someone else. That someone else who is supposed to be looking for a job and working or doing business will come to the pastor and expect the pastor to feed them. It is in the nature of a shepherd, of course, to take care of the flock. But some people will actually stretch it to the point that the children of the pastors have very little compared to the children of the saints in the church. However, this message is saying to us, it is in the nature of God to provide. And it is also in the nature of men to participate in the provision of God. Why? God is our source. If you were to look at nature, nature will fail. But if you look at God, God will always be there to provide. If you look at, to men for provision, men may fail. Men may run away from you. When you are in your hour of need, men may fail to provide for you. Some will tell you that money is a source of conflicts. Therefore, I don't want to give. Of course, yes, people have um, bent their fingers helping other people. However, if you are dependent on men, you'll actually come across people that have been failed by others and therefore unable to reach out to you when you are in, in need. But if you look to God, he is the creator of both the nature and men, and therefore he is able to go beyond what nature and men can do for you. You see, child of God, God cares enough as a father to provide for you as his child. As a father, he has a responsibility to take care of us. Sometimes we don't trust him enough that we would know that he will actually come through for us. We're going to look at the word of God and see how has God been meeting, meeting the needs of people as it is recorded in the Bible. Because we get to know God by reading his word. He has revealed himself through the stories of God walking with men on this earth. We're going to be looking at provision. We're going to be looking at giving and sacrifice, obedience and plain work. Because sometimes when we think of giving, we're thinking of people just receiving and receiving and receiving and doing absolutely nothing. In the beginning, the Bible tells us that God created men, male and female. But before he created the male and the female, he created the heavens, the earth, brought the sun, the moon, the stars, created the plants, created the animals that are roaming on top of this earth, the beds of the air and the fish of the sea. And when he was done with everything, 
then he brought men because man is dependent on the natural things that God has created for sustenance. He did not put Adam on earth and then start thinking, how am I going to feed this man? Because this man needs the things that are now created by God for men to survive and be provided for on this earth. So we see that our God had thought about this whole thing and said, before I could put men on this earth, I must provide for men. Abram, Isaac, when, when God called Abram to go and sacrifice Isaac, this was the son that God had provided to Abram in the first place. Abram had no son for a long time. And they made, of course, their own Ishmael as, a, as an alternative. But God said, it's not this one, not even Eliezer the servant. When Isaac was born, he was the promised son that Abraham had received from God. And God said, give him back to me. And Abraham took Isaac, went up to the mountain, put him on top of the altar, and was about to give him to God. And God revealed to Abraham that he was the God that provides. And Abraham said, on this mountain, the Lord will provide. On the mountain of sacrifice. It was not just Abraham going up the mountain and saying the Lord will provide. It was a mountain of sacrifice. Sometimes we miss it. We miss it. We miss the fact that Isaac was brought as a sacrifice before God. For God to provide for Abraham a sacrifice, Abraham had to offer Isaac first. He had to put him on top of the altar. He had to raise up his hand with a knife with the intention of killing Isaac so that he would sacrifice him to God. Because that was the instruction of God. But God did not have an intention to have Abraham killing his own son. But he wanted to see if Abraham had understood that God is the one that had provided him the son. And therefore God would be the covenant keeping God that had already promised a son and had given a son and therefore would not take away the son until the promise was fulfilled that Abraham would be a father of many nations. So the Lord will provide in this mountain, the mountain of sacrifice. We miss that part. We go to God, give me, give me, give me, give me, and we sacrifice nothing. We go to God with open arms, give me, give me, and we bring nothing to him. God said to Adam, increase and multiply. He had already put him in the garden. Increase and multiply in this very garden that I've put you in. Now we also read the story of Isaac. God said to him, do not go down to Egypt. During a famine, don't go down to Egypt. We remember that his father, Abraham, had gone down to Egypt when there was a famine. And Isaac wanted to do the same thing, to go down to Egypt because there was no food in the land. But God said, stay here. And he stayed. And the Bible says he planted during a famine and he received a hundredfold. Praise God. During a famine, God gave him a hundredfold. This is God that can be trusted. This is God that can give you. In the midst of trouble, Isaac went down to work. Praise the Lord. Jacob, the son of Isaac, who was in the house of Laban, running away from his brother. And the Bible tells us that he worked for his wives 14 years. And at the end of 14 years, he wanted to leave. But Laban was a man that was not truthful and he had robbed him all these years. But then they came up with an agreement that he would give him some flocks and then Jacob will work. 
And as he worked, Jacob got an, a, a strategy from God on how the goats would be multiplied quickly, the speckled and the striped goats, and they were multiplied quickly. He became rich in a very short space of time, and Laban could not understand what happened. We see that he is the God that provides. He is the God that multiplies the work of our hands. Israel, when they had left Egypt, after Moses went in to take them out of Egypt, through signs and wonders that God wrought through the hand of Moses. The Bible says when they left, Moses told them, God told them that they must ask for silver and gold from their taskmasters, the Egyptians. And when they had lost their firstborns of men and flocks, they were eager to get rid of Israel. And the Bible says they gave them their silver and the gold. They left rich people who had been slaves for more than 400 years. They left with their cattle and their sheep and they went. And when they were in the wilderness, they had all the silver and the gold they had, but they needed bread. There was none available. They had to look to God. Of course, they started by complaining, but God being the provider, he would not let Israel die of hunger in the wilderness when he had taken them out of Egypt by his mighty hand. Elijah, a man of God, a man of fire. The Bible tells us that when he had spoken to Ahab and said, there shall be no rain for three years for all this time until I say a word. Elijah would experience the same famine that he prophesied. But God said to him, go to the brook. You'll find the There'll be beds that will come and feed you. And those beds came. Imagine the, the beds that are supposed to feed their own youngs. They were feeding a grown-up man, Elijah, because he is God that provides. He said, those, those beds will come and feed you. And, and when the brook ran dry and, and the beds were no longer there because they were also coming to drink water, um, the ravens then left and Elijah went. God said to him, go to a widow in Zarephath. Praise the Lord. This was a widow that had found favor from God. The Bible says there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. Luke chapter 4, verse 25 to 26. So when God wanted to feed the widow and Elijah, he sent Elijah to the widow and said, Go, that widow I have instructed her to feed you. And when Elijah went, he went to a widow. Elijah was a grown-up man who was supposed to work with his own hands, but God had called him into the prophetic office and required him to be um, at the call of God at all times. And Elijah went and met up with that widow and asked that he she brings him a morsel of bread. And this woman said, I do not have bread, just a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil. And I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and eat, prepare for myself and eat that we may eat it and die. This was a woman that had reached her breaking point. This was the last meal that she had and death was looming. She had no other source and, and she was expecting that after we finish eating, we would die. Because maybe the community was already tired of feeding them. She was a widow, could not work. The son was still young to go out and work as well. But God had a plan for this woman because he is the Lord that provides. He said to um, Elijah, 
um, go to that widow and that widow will feed you. And Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go and do as I said, make me the small cake first, bring it to me. Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go, make that small cake, bring it to me first. Thereafter, make for yourself and for your son. Now this woman had said, the little that I have is just sufficient for me and my son. But Elijah said to her, make for me first and thereafter go and make for yourself. In other words, as you prepare my meal, have the expectation that even if you finish the flour and the oil making me, Elijah, a meal, you will go back and you will make a meal for yourself and your son. Because the Lord God of Israel says, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Praise the name of the living God. So you will finish that which you have, and then God will step in and provide. And he said, Until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth, you will have food. Until the rain comes and she went and did according to the word of Elijah and they had food for many days. The bin of flour was not used up nor the, the jar of oil ran dry according to the word of the Lord God which he spoke by Elijah in the book of First Kings chapter 17 verse 11 to 17. We see God as a provider providing for the prophet through the woman who was a widow and providing for the widow and her son through the word of the prophet. He is Jehovah, God that provides. When we look a few chapters down the line in the book of Second um, Kings chapter 4, we also find Elisha who was serving under Elijah. When Elijah went up to heaven, Elisha remained as the prophet. A widow came to him and said, My husband, your servant, uh, left me and uh, there's creditors that want their money and they want to take my sons. And the prophet asked the woman, what do you have? Sometimes we want to go to God with nothing. We want to go to God as a hungry and a poor people that have absolutely nothing. You have hands and feet and mouth and ears and eyes to see you can do something. But we go to God as if we have nothing. Yet this woman had a little oil. She said, I have nothing except a little oil in a jar. And Elisha said to her, Go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, don't gather a few. Even though this woman said, I have a little oil, Elisha said, go get empty vessels, many vessels, not a few, many. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into those vessels and set aside the full ones. The Bible tells us that this woman kept pouring. As long as there was a vessel, this woman kept pouring. And they brought more vessels and she kept pouring. Her sons brought vessels and she kept pouring because the word of the Lord God had said, go in and pour and set aside the full ones. And the oil kept flowing. God kept on multiplying that oil. As much as there was vessels, there was oil. Up until there was no more vessels left. So the whole village did not have oil. Because she had to get many vessels out of the whole village. And when she was done, she sold the same oil to the very people from which she had borrowed vessels. God showed himself up as God that provides. In the New Testament, we read about the story of Jesus, the five loaves and two fish. Jesus Christ having preached to the multitude and they were hungry. The disciples didn't understand what they would do, how they would do it in terms of feeding the people. 
And they said to Jesus, send them away, that they may go to surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread because they have nothing to eat. And Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. There was a multitude. The disciples were 12 plus Jesus against the multitude. And they did not understand where were they going to get so much food to feed so many people. And they asked, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? They did not even have the 200 denarii. They did not have that money. And there was not sufficient bread anyway for them to buy. And Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? Because God is asking, what do you have? What do you have? To the widow, what do you have? To the widow of Zarephath, you have a little oil and a little flour. To the widow, Elisha spoke about, she had a little oil. And Jesus Christ asked the disciples, what do you have? They said, we have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, tell the people to sit down. Tell the people to sit down. They have a need. Let them sit down. Let them relax. Let them sit down. A sitting down position is not a working position. A sitting down position is somebody that is already awaiting a meal to be put on the table. You, you don't sit down when you don't have the meal. Jesus Christ was saying sit down in expectancy. Expect that there will be food. And there was. They sat down in ranks in hundreds and fifties. And then Jesus Christ took the loaves of bread, five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven and blessed the food, broke the loaves and gave to the disciples to set before them. The two fish and the five loaves was divided amongst the multitude and they all ate food that was left over. Praise God. He hasn't changed. He's still the same God that provided manna in the wilderness. He is still the same God that provided for the widow of Zarephath. He's still the same God that provided for the widow in the times of Elisha. He's still the same God that provided for the people that were listening to Jesus when he was preaching. Now, Paul, from the scripture we've read, he had preached to the people of Philippi. And they understood their assignment. That that which they have received from God, they also have to share. And they shared with Paul. They gave to meet the needs of Paul, the servant of God, whilst he was in prison. They brought God into the equation. Paul brought God into the equation. Because he says, you're giving. The, the people gave because there was a need. They, they gave out of necessity. They gave out of care for Paul. And, 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 and Paul brings the, the word of God. In Luke chapter 6 verse 38 it says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This was the words of Jesus. And Paul said, I'm bringing back these words unto these people. You give, it will be given to you. You give with a certain measure, it will be measured back to you. The people of Philippi, the church in Philippi, understood their assignment. They gave to Paul and Paul said, My God shall meet your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Today, the work of God needs people that will understand like the church in Philippi that what God gives us, he expects us to multiply it. And one of the ways and means of multiplying it is when you release a part of it to the work of God. Whether to a servant of God, whether to the church of God, whether to the hungry people of God. Because he says, when you give to the poor, you are lending to God. 
he will then bring it back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will give to you through men. Sometimes we're sitting and we're waiting for manna to come down from heaven. God uses men. He used the men of Philippi to be a blessing to Paul. And Paul said, God will bless you. How God blesses them, that is God's business. But in the main, God gave manna once. The rest of the times, he expects us to multiply what he has given us. What will you bring to God for God to multiply? You say, I have a need. I have a business. I need money. What is it that you're bringing to God? God wants to multiply, but he cannot multiply zero. At least give him two. At least give him five. Whatever thing that you give him, expect the multiplication of God. It is the best method that you can think of. So be like the church in Philippi and expect God to meet your needs according to his glorious riches by Christ Jesus. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wet Anchor Podcast. I hope you are inspired and blessed by this message. Kindly share it with someone and spread the word. Continue to be anchored in the word of God. Till next time, stay blessed.